0: Hi, and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. We are so glad you are with us and hope that this will encourage, inspire, and instill fresh faith in you. As Lent begins this week, we begin a new series titled The Cross, the Tomb, the Way. We have Pastor Geshom sharing God's Word with us today on the very familiar passage of Scripture, urging us to take up our cross and follow Jesus. We look closer at what it actually means to deny ourselves and carry the cross that Christ has for each of us. It's no longer a thing of dread and worry, but one of pleasant joy and freedom. Hi Church, it's such a joy and a privilege to be bringing God's Word to you today. And even as we take some time to dwell deeper into God's Word, our prayer is that even as we are journeying through this Lent season, God will minister to us, God will bless us, and god will be with us every step of the way in this season of lent as a church probably some of us have given up something probably some of us have refrained ourselves from you know eating meat or uh, probably we've d- decided to give up on few things and as we reflect on this entire 40 days you know let's not make it all about us and what we've given up Probably some of us have even given a meal. But what are we doing? Are we drawing closer to him? Are we keeping our ears open? Are we keeping our hearts open to hear what God has to say? Because honestly, in us giving up, it's only to draw closer to God. We're not giving up so that, you know, we will see some external changes happen. No, we're giving up so that we'll see some internal change happen in and through our lives. The beautiful thing about this entire season is that, you know, as we draw closer, we see that, you know, we are unworthy vessels. But because of Jesus and because of his journey here on this earth, because of the sacrifice that he's done, that we become worthy, that we become who he tells we are, that is his child. And today, as we start this sermon, I've titled the sermon, Taking Up Your Cross. I know a lot of you, as you're probably hearing the title, are wondering, why did you choose a title, Taking Up Your Cross? I strongly believe that we are called to take up a cross and follow Jesus today. A lot of us have uh failed in taking up the cross. A lot of us are thinking this Christian journey is just easy. It's just one which we can just travel straight and, you know, uh, have no hurdles at all. But Jesus wants us to take up a cross and follow him alone. And so the reference passage that I have taken today uh, comes from the book of Matthew. And so what we've done this entire Lent series is we've decided to take every week one specific theme from each gospel book And highlight that. And this entire theme that you've taken, take up your cross is taken from the book of Matthew. And as we read, I strongly believe, you know, our understanding of the cross has to change. Our understanding of carrying the cross has to change. Matthew chapter five, verse 17 goes on to say like this. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Jesus, when he came into this world, came to fulfill the prophecies came to fulfill the law and so today it is through him we find redemption It's through him we find salvation It's through him we find life it's through him we find strength and most of the times we fail to think that we think you know those are some things which i need to strive for those we think more most of the time those are the things that i need to you know go chasing after But when Jesus came, he said, hey, he told Israelites, don't be looking here and there. I am the entire redemption for mankind. I am the Messiah. But they failed to recognize him. So today, let us not be that generation which will fail to recognize who he is. He is still our savior. He is still our redemption. In fact, the very fact that he in obedience walked to the cross, no one else has done it. No one else in all humility. You know, he he was God. We just finished this entire series, I am your God. And the magnitude in which he carries himself here on this earth, where he is everything, where he can, you know, call on anyone, do anything. Yet in all humility, he walked day in and day out, making sure, making sure that he could go to the cross and be that redemption for entire mankind so that our sins will be taken away, so that we'll be forgiven, so that we'll be set free. He died so that we will be set free. And so today, the passage that I've taken, as I mentioned earlier, is about, you know, taking up our cross and following him. And that comes from Matthew chapter 16 verses 24 to 27. And this is what it reads. It says "Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in the glory of this Father and will judge all people according to their deeds. When Jesus said, take up your cross, the cross Uh, in the context in which he was speaking under the Roman era was something painful, was probably something which no one wished would happen to them, was something where, you know... uh It was only designated for criminals and people who disobeyed the law. It was meant for people who had done something wrong and they deserved that punishment. And the punishment that a person would actually go to the cross uh, would mean that they are literally stripped. They didn't have any dignity left. When they are hung on the cross, That they were left exposed to the entire world. When they were hung on the cross, the nails that were put meant that they were literally, their entire body was hanging on that. It came to a point where as they hung, they soon, because of the trauma and all the, uh, you know, the adrenaline that's running in and the way in which the body is reacting, they would die soon due to suffocation. You see that it's not a place or a thing that people would easily associate with it. So what did God actually mean? What did Jesus actually mean when he said, take up your cross? You know, Jesus eventually became the person who went to the cross. He who knew no sin, he who committed no sin, he who in fact was blameless was hanging on the cross. He changed the entire narrative of what the cross meant in the world to change it. It's like, I am a perfect person here and I'm offering myself as a sacrifice for entire of humankind. And he went there to the cross. He died, and because of that, we are set free. So today, the cross actually has lost its value. We in today in pop culture, in you know the culture that we are living in, have made cross more of a, a fashion state. You know, we've kept it as probably hang it in a car. We've uh, we're using the cross probably uh, you know as an ornament, as uh, something that we wear and make ourselves look good. Many a times, we think when we look at the cross, uh, it you know it denotes a group of people. Popular movies use it to actually, you know, as an uh, as an instrument to actually drive away evil spirits. But then, when you see all these exorcism, they show where you know they are overcome by the bad. Today, the cross might look like something which is of no value, but each of us today have our own cross to carry, which the Bible says. And what does Jesus mean when he says you have a cross to carry? A lot of us have experiences in life. A lot of us have different situations that we've gone through. A lot of us have different things that we are carrying. Today, uh, the world is hurting. We uh, we, We were thinking, you know, we've come to a place where we will not see war. And it's interesting that as we read newspapers and as we read these articles, we see that people actually are saying that they didn't realize that you know, 60 years back, there was war and that we would actually see it happen again. But it's happening again. Today, we are seeing turmoil. Today, we are seeing sickness plague so many of us. Today, we are seeing hardships plague so many of us. Today, we are seeing situations, family situations plague so many of us. And so today, we all have a cross to bear. We all have our own struggles, our own, um, you know, our own situations in life, which we are ashamed of. Our, our own um, struggles in life. But Jesus is saying, if you allow me to come in, if you allow me to come and be the Lord of his life, if you allow me to come in and change things in your life, we can turn things around. And eventually the cross that you carry will be something, not one of burdensome, but it'll be one which will showcase Jesus every step of the way. As Jesus was crucified on the cross, Satan thought he was defeated. As Jesus was crucified on the cross, he thought Jesus was weak. As uh, say uh, Jesus died on the cross, Satan thought you know he there was a lack in God's plan. As uh, Jesus died on the cross, Satan thought the brokenness had won. You know, as Jesus hung on that cross, Satan probably thought he had torn down God's kingdom and there was no rule of God anywhere. But the beautiful thing about the cross was that's where Jesus has won the victory because that's the same place where we find strength. That's the same place where we find fulfillment. That's the same place where we find wholeness. That's the same place where we are safe. That's the same place where we are built up. And today the cross is not one where we are embarrassed about or it's not one where you know we are just carrying our scars but we are actually carrying our scars which Jesus has covered it all where he's saying, you know what, you are mine now. I'm covering everything. So today, as we carry this cross, Jesus wants something uh, out of us. As we carry this cross, Jesus is saying, hey, don't forget who you were before. So if there's one thing the cross has to remind us constantly, is the fact that we were redeemed. We were bought at a great price, which we cannot afford. We were redeemed by Jesus so that we can do great things for him. We are his If we have decided to follow Jesus, we are his because we've accepted the price that he's paid for us. So church today, what is it that's stopping you from carrying that cross? A lot of times we've not allowed Jesus to do his work. We've neglected or we've, you know, discredited the power of the cross. His power runs through generations. The work that was done on the cross was meant to transform us inside out. It wasn't meant to just you know, be a statement. It was meant to transform us. So today, if there's something that you're struggling and you're carrying and you're burdened, would you allow Jesus to transform? And in turn, yes, Jesus says, when you do that, things will have to change around you. When you see the apostles in the early church The minute they encountered Jesus, the minute they decided to carry their cross, they didn't think of anyone else but Jesus. They did what Jesus had called them to do in every sphere, whichever city they went to. And today, Jesus wants to use us for his glory. You know, Romans chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Therefore, we have been made right in God's sight by faith. We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. The same chapter 5 goes on to say verses in 8 to 11. It says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Jesus, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still His enemies we will certainly be saved through the life of his son so now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God and I love Romans chapter 8 verse 1 which goes on to say therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus as I read we can take courage that we have been Set free, we are made uh, to stand right where God wants us to stand because of the faith in Jesus for what he has done and that there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Today, as we meditate on God's word, as I mentioned earlier, the cross is not burdensome anymore in fact the cross is where it's not uh, our times of testing but it becomes a testimony it's not uh, you know things that we are embarrassed by it's things we are proud to actually showcase because of what the lord has done in and through us so when we take up this cross when we take up this cross as i mentioned we find wholeness healing strength in it there are three things which this text tells us to do when we take up that cross and we're going to see what those three things are. The first thing is we need to give up on our own ways. When we take up our cross, we need to give up on our own ways. Matthew chapter 10, verse 38 goes on to say, Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. You know, um, as I mentioned, taking up the cross means that you're acknowledging that Jesus is Lord and Savior over your life. And when you choose to take up uh, the cross that God is uh, laid on your life and you know what you have in your life and you choose to take it up God's asking you to actually give up on your own ways this verse that I've read is not from Matthew 16 but it's from Matthew 10 and Jesus goes on to say uh, in the prior verses before that he goes on to say that we need to acknowledge him publicly to everyone we need to acknowledge and tell people that we are followers of Christ he also goes on to say if you do that I will not deny you in front of the father Today, that is the biggest concern for all, a lot of us. We are quiet about our faith and we are embarrassed about sharing our faith. But today, God wants us to come to this place where we will be, you know, uh, willing to share our faith to others. He says in uh, Matthew 10, I don't think I didn't come to bring peace, but I came not to bring peace, but a sword. Because man had elevated every other relationship above God. And so today in our lives, what have we elevated? A lot of the times, you know, we elevate our kids above God. And eventually we start running so many things around them. Their lives, our very own lives are, you know, circling around them. Or we sometimes, uh, our marriage takes more precedence over God. And, you know, we uh, are so bothered and worried about the vacation we have to take, about the time that we have to spend, about the places that we get to eat. All that suddenly becomes the prime most thought process in our heads or for some of us it's work that's what this verse clearly is a reminder that you know not your husband not your children not your spouse not even your parents should actually come above God and so this is what it says that whoever does not take up their cross in verse 38 and follow me is not worthy of me so today each one has to work out their salvation for themselves today as a spouse I can't you know work out their salvation by me trying to do everything no if I found Jesus I need to work it out day in day out I can pray for them I can journey along with them but they have to make those decisions for themselves and so today what is it that God's asking you to carry that you're not willing to let go because you're on a route you're on a pathway which you've planned out and you're not allowing God to carry you through that that's very important why are we not willing to give up on our own ways? Why are we not willing to give up on our own ways? It's because we don't want God to dictate us in our journey. We don't want God to be our guide in our journey. We don't want the Holy Spirit to lead us every step of the way. You know, there's a roadmap. When we when we are on a career path, there's a roadmap. We in our talk to friends, we talk to peers, we talk to people who've gone before us. We find what is it that I should do to, do, uh, to take the next step to get certain things done. But when it comes to a Christian journey, there is a plan. There is a plan for you. There is a plan for your marriage. There is a plan for your family. I constantly keep telling this to people who I meet, especially for those who are married. When you both come into union, the will of God upon both your lives increases two times. And what God wants to do in and through you is double of what he just wants to do through one of you. So if you take up your cross and if you decide to follow him as the head of the home, you will automatically recognize what each other family member has to take up and what they have to walk. You know, this week has been one which was a challenge for both me and Tina in so many ways because we had to deal with certain things that the kids were going through. And even as we were dealing with that, even as we had to make certain decisions and, you know, uh, our emotions were going through ups and downs because we couldn't say certain things and yet we were harboring so many things. And even as I was preparing this, God was reminding me, Geshom, would you trade what you feel like you want to say to me? Would you just hand it over to me and allow me to handle it? And that's when I understood what it means to take up your cross and to give up on the way that you want to go. Because God was saying, hey, if you take up the cross, you need to go the way I've chosen for you to go, which means you need to allow me to fight your battles. You need to allow me to go before you and, you know, uh, do things for you, which means you might have to just be quiet and journey along in this world. You know, I've just made a a statement here that we need to learn to give up we need to learn to give up, give up so that we can and let go so that we can actually allow God to work in and through us. This pathway that Jesus is asking us to travel on, he wants us to give up. He wants to say, hey, allow me to dictate this journey for you. You don't work it out. You don't use your influences, the people, or you know, you don't use strategies that you've been reading up. No, allow me to journey along with you. Every church planted till date has a story as to how God had moved someone, God had moved one person to actually take up that cross and come to a particular place to do what God's called them to do. Every mission agency, every person who's actually gone about taking the gospel, especially who are in the forefront of taking the gospel, they had to take up their cross. They had to follow Jesus and allow him, you know, they couldn't dictate the way. They had to allow him to actually guide them into every new territory where they had to go and tell about Jesus. And so today when we look at these churches and today when we look at what God's doing in a city or in a country, we should be reminded that they had walked hard journeys before. When you read these stories, when you read their journey of how they've actually gone, they've had health issues, they've had tough times with family, they've had no finances, they've had struggles, yet they were willing to pursue God and do what he's called them to do. They didn't have any other agenda on the list. All of their intention was to make sure that they are able to do what God's called them to do. I love this beautiful parable which comes in Matthew chapter 13 verses 44 to 45. Jesus in fact tells two parables in those two verses. The first one is, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. So church today, Jesus is wanting to be of that importance in our lives. He wants us to be that pearl of great price. Would we actually give up everything else and just hold on to him? He wants to be that one uh, important thing that was found in the field where he went and sold everything he had and he just clung on to this. The reason why I'm saying this is this journey that Jesus is asking us to take requires us to solely be with him alone. It's not to be with anything else or anyone else. Our dependency, our helpline has to be only him. Our strength only has to be him. Our portion has to only be him. We need to be, you know, this person where we really get refueled by him time and again. We can't have anything else. So today, as a church, have we found the pearl of great price in our lives? Today, as a church, in our struggle, in our family situation, in uh, our jobs, even though we are unhappy, in our marriages Have we found the pearl of great price? Today, discontentment is seen in so many areas, but Jesus is constant. And if you are willing to take up your cross and give up on your own way, you will find the pearl of great price. And so today, whatever struggle you're going through, yes, health issues are there. Financial issues are there. As we've come to the last month of this financial year, yes, struggles are real. But Jesus is complete. Jesus is whole. It's in the struggles that we draw closer to him. It's in the struggle that our dependency becomes more like him. And it's in the struggle where we'll be able to say, Jesus, I'll take up this cross, even though it costs me something. I choose the path that you've chosen for me, Lord. Second thing is to take up our cross, we need to give up on our own lives. Even as I've... saying that we need to give up on our own lives, we need to shift our focus from earth-focused to heaven-focused. We need to move our eyes from seeing, how can I make my life comfortable here, to seeing, am I really living out for eternity? Because, let's face it, what we actually set uh, ourselves here up for is what we'll be able to enjoy and hold and be part of in eternity. The life that we're living here is so temporary. If there's one thing that's taught us in the last two and a half years is people who've passed away have actually passed away and moved. People who've actually loved the Lord, people who have had their hope in Jesus have moved into eternity and they are enjoying eternity with Jesus. And that life is so uncertain and we need to make that decision quick. Matthew chapter 5 verses 10 to 12 goes on to say, Blessed Comforted by inner peace and God's love are those who are persecuted for doing that which is morally right. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven, both now and forever. Blessed, morally courageous are spiritually alive with life, joy in God's goodness. Are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil things against you because of you, your association with me? Be glad and exceedingly joyful. For your reward in heaven is great, absolutely inexhaustible. For in this same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The passage I read has an entire thing called the Beatitudes, where Jesus talks about what it takes to actually walk with him and journey along with him. And as you keep reading in that passage lower, you'll see if you're willing to journey along like this, you will shine like a light to all men, which means it's in this Uh, hardships that you will be able to actually reflect God's light even last week what we heard was we are called to reflect God's light and when we reflect God's light we are reflecting all of him and not none of us we are actually reflecting all of him all of him so, if anyone comes, we will never be able to say, you know what? We figured this out. This is the this is the mantra. This is how what we have to do. No, we'll be able to say, hey, you know what? This is what Jesus taught us. This is what the scriptures taught us. This is what you know uh, the Word of God taught us. So, today, in your tough times, in the times of confusion, what is your cross teaching you today? What is Jesus teaching you today? What is uh, the the pathway that God's marked for you? What is it teaching you? Are you trying to preserve your own life in this world? Or are you trying to give up your own life so that you can live the life that God's called you to live? As I read, those are tough words. Verse 10, 11 and 12. Those who persecute you, insult you. Yes, they will insult your faith. Yes, they will insult the God you serve. They will insult when you're quiet. They will insult when you are not reacting the way they want you to react. But are you willing to still walk on that journey and allow God to preserve your life and not you. Because today, church, the struggle is real. So many times as a father, so many times as a husband, I'm struggling to preserve everything, to keep sure everything is under control, to make sure we have enough, to make sure we are, uh, you know, uh, we are doing everything right. But honestly speaking, you know, the shift that's happened for me is, God, you're in control. I want to do what's right. If I'm lacking in finances. I want to ask you, God, God, what can I do? What can I give up? What should I not do? Where do I have to do this? What should I have to, you know, hold back on? When I'm dealing with my kids, God, how do I better parent them? How do I not bring in unrealistic expectations on them? Because eventually, I want them to make decisions that are eternal focused. I want them to make decisions that are focused towards building them to be better people that God's called them to be. I don't want them to be better people based on what they've studied. But I want them to be better people according to the plan and purpose God has set them out to be. So as followers of Jesus, are we willing to carry our own crosses? Are we willing to allow God to say, God, my life is yours. Do what you may have to do. And so eventually today, we'll soon realize when we do that, we'll find fulfillment in the small things. We'll find fulfillment in the big things. And we'll also see that this journey is a two-track lane. It's a journey where we will have our highs and our lows at the same time. It's a journey where we will realize that God wants us to actually enjoy the valleys more. And we'll soon realize Jesus actually enjoyed the valleys more. He didn't. He was with people on this earth. He, As long as he was here, he spent most of his time with people, amongst people. And we won't aim to actually be on mountaintops more. Because mountaintops are lonely. Mountain tops are less impactful. The corporate world teaches you, you need to climb the ladder. But climbing up the ladder just leaves you with less oxygen, which leaves you with less people around you. I would rather be in the valley and allow God to teach me and do life better there than be alone up there. So today, what is God asking you to do? You know, growing up, I was in Coimbatore and um, and I was involved in this uh, children's home where I just used to go and play uh, music on Sundays for their worship and it was run by Dr. P.P. Job. And uh, over, the, over the next two years, I got to, over the last two years of actually being there, I was closely interacting with him. And I remember when I was seated with him, uh, having coffee, many a times I used to ask him questions like, Uncle, you did lose your son who was in second year medicine. When he was murdered, how is it you're still following God? He says, the assurance that I have is that he lived his life well here and that he is in heaven with Jesus and that I just want to do everything I can well here so I can also be there with him. He didn't, it didn't pull him back from what God was calling him to do. In fact, that very death of his son, he said the day he died, On the funeral ground, he gave an evangelistic message to say that Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the truth. And if you don't believe in him, you won't see eternity. He used every opportunity. In fact, the death of his second son didn't, you know, set him back in ministry. But in fact, it pushed him further to do further greater things and see many others accept Jesus as their personal savior. So today, a lot of us have setbacks in life. A lot of us don't have our marriages working out. A lot of us don't have the right things going on, probably in our work, probably with our family members, with our children. But let that not hold us back to showcase who God is. The cross that we are carrying is a testimony. The cross that we are carrying is painful, is tough. But Jesus is saying, hey, that is me. The cross is all about me. When you've decided to lift the cross, it's all about me. Let me take you on this journey because I want to glorify myself in and through you so that you'll be able to see people and lead them to me. And so church today, are we willing to go far more than just knowing Jesus and then taking that extra step of faith and sharing about Jesus? Are we willing to go Beyond just knowing. Because a lot of us today are gathering information from every platform possible. But how many of us are actually sharing about Jesus? How many of us are actually putting ourselves out there? That is the step where we actually break away from preserving our life to actually going there and saying, God, I want you to use me so that I'll be used by you. Because we are not focused here on this earth. We are eternity focused. The third thing is to take up our cross, we need to give up on pursuing or gaining the world. As I mentioned earlier, the first one was we need to give up our ways. We need to give up on our own lives. And the third thing is we need to give up on pursuing the world. Why I'm saying pursuing the world? Because the world is always going to be throwing these ads just recently, my daughter had to do a uh, assignment on advertisement and she did this um, collage of finding an ad and creating an ad. And today, we all are falling for ads, be it in newspaper, be it on social media. It's targeting us and it slowly changes the narrative. It slowly changes discontentment. It slowly changes, you know what, I think my marriage is not better because of this. Oh, I think my spouse is not better because they don't look like this. Or, you know, it keeps slowly, the narrative keeps changing. When we take up the cross, we pursue Jesus alone and not the world. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 to 34, it goes on to say, So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he'll give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. As I mentioned earlier, when we stop pursuing the world, we will learn and we will enjoy the valley experience. As we stop pursuing the world, we'll stop being focused on um, every household article, everything that we eat, drink, wear, all those will be periphery. Yes, I, I'm not against putting yourselves together, look good, all that, yes. But that cannot dominate what God has in store for you. You know, if we are always talking about that, oh, you know what, this design is good, the way they've done their house is good, the food is good, you know, the, what they served was good, our conversations will always remain in that. When, But when we take up the cross, when it's all about Jesus, the conversation goes from just food, eating, house, school, community, extracurricular activities, it goes from beyond that much deeper. It goes beyond that. It goes into what is your spirit, right? Why are you troubled in your spirit? Why are you not fulfilled in what God's called you to? Do? You'll start having those hard conversations. You will be, be, you know, in this place where you will be able to drive those conversations so that it becomes meaningful. And it, the word clearly says we need to move from those conversations. We'll start asking those uh, sincere questions, not to find fault. But to help them, not to, you know, uh, make them look like they're missing out something, but to tell them, hey, if you have Jesus, you will find wholeness. So today, probably this is one area that you're struggling in, where you've been pursuing after things which the world has kept throwing at you. The world will keep throwing at you. The world will keep throwing something at your kid, saying that whatever toy they get, that's not going to make them happy the world will keep throwing something on your teenager saying whatever game that he gets he's not actually enjoying what he has in life the world is going to keep throwing things with regard to your work with regard to the things that you own in your life saying that this won't make you happy but we need to rise above we find a fulfillment and completion in jesus we find our strength and our wholeness in jesus and when that happens we find our completion in him and we'll pursue him And not pursue the world. Yes, Satan is going to use that, but we will rise above. We will rise above. And automatically we will start pursuing Jesus furthermore. I love the fact that God's equipping us rather than us being targeted by the world, we target the world. You know, one of the beautiful things about us taking up our cross, two things happen. One, our hearts become more open and our hands become more willing. Our hearts become more open. And our hands become more willing. Church, I strongly believe we are living in a time, we are living in a day and age when we have to rise above, where our hearts are open, open to what God wants us to do, open to what God's telling us to do, open to us going in faith and doing it. And we are living in a time and age where we need to have willing hands, willing hands to take up what God's given us. You know, uh, just uh, five or six months back, I edited a documentary video about a person who was sharing his life journey. His name was Bernie May and he's 84, 85 years old. You know, his story starts where he was not wanted. You know, he was born to a teenage uh, girl. His mom was just 13 when she had him. And uh, in fact, he tells a story where, you know, he was born and uh, his mom was also born in the same bed. And he grew up, he became a pilot. And as he was, this was way back in the 60s, late 60s, 70s. And he's sharing his story and he says he had a skill. He was a pilot, you know, and his wife was a nurse. And as they were sitting in church, they had uh, one of the Wycliffe people come and share about the gospel being preached in uh, the Amazon forest and to the people there. And they said they had to fly these planes which actually land on water. And then that's how they could take medical aid. That's how they could do this. And you know what? He and his wife really felt God actually prompting them to take that step of faith. So they actually quit their jobs, which they were working in the city. They signed up and they went in as missionaries serving. All they had was an open heart and a willing hand. And then for the next 35 years, they went on to serve. They went on to serve. He said, "We they've had the most fruitful ministry of ministering to people who don't know about Jesus." And so, church today, are we willing to pursue Him with all that we have, and not even doubting Him? Because Satan will use doubt when we pursue after Jesus. Satan will use doubt to say that you're not pursuing something that's actually meaningful. You're pursuing, you know, uh, you should be pursuing the world. He wants us to pursue something that's always temporary. And I would encourage you. You know, this is this sermon is one where, you know, even I am still struggling. It's just not you, but I also am struggling. There are areas in which I, you know, give in to my human uh, desires of wanting more. I I suddenly see I am jealous in some aspects. I am greedy in certain aspects. But the beautiful thing is the cross is where I find completion. The cross is where I find Jesus and Jesus is saying, I want to work in that area. Would you allow me to work? So today, as you take the step, would you give up your own ways so that Jesus can work and take you on the journey that he is marked out for you? So today, as you take up your cross, would you give up on your own life so that we are not temporarily working things out, but we are eternity focused? And today, as you journey on, would you give up, you know, on pursuing the world and would you pursue him and be mission focused so that we'll be very intentional in wherever God's calling us to go? Church, can I just pray and can we uh, ask God to work in and through us? Our loving Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this time. Lord, we thank you for your word, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for the season of Lent. I pray even as we focus, even as we align our thoughts, even as we draw closer to you, we pray that you would be with us. We pray that you would strengthen us. I pray that, Lord, you would work in and through us, Lord Jesus. I pray specifically, Lord Jesus, that, Lord, with regard to, Lord, this entire area, Lord, of us taking up the cross and following you. I pray that, Lord, may we never look at you as a burden. But may we enjoy the freedom that you bring. May we enjoy the love and the joy that we get by taking up the cross. Because you're doing something, that becomes our testimony. And I pray that, Lord, we'll be able to pursue you. We'll be able to run after eternity, Lord Jesus. And things that are eternity-focused, Lord Jesus. And I pray, Lord, as a church, we raise our hands. We raise our hands that we'll have open hearts, Lord Jesus, right now. Open hearts for you to come in and do what you want us to do, Lord Jesus, so that you can change us inside out and willing hands, Lord Jesus, so that we will just not be people who receive it, but we'll be people who do it, Lord Jesus, we thank you. I pray that, Lord, you will go before each and every one. I pray that, Lord, you'll bless this week ahead for them, Lord. I pray for health, for strength, for provision, for protection, Lord Jesus, we thank you. Be with us and bless us in your most holy name, we pray. Amen. Amen. So even as you step out in this week, my prayer is that that you will carry this cross. The cross which Jesus has for each and every one of us. It's one of freedom. It's one of joy. It's one of strength. It's not one that we have to be embarrassed by. But it's one that we carry so that we can showcase that Jesus is our Lord, our Savior. So that we can be mindful that we are not living for this temporary world, but we are living for eternity. And it'll be also a place where we will have open hearts and willing hands so that we'll be able to do all that He's called us to do. So I pray that you have a blessed week, Church. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in Remember, whoever finds Jesus, finds life.